Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Royce King, and she is a real estate investor, marketing strategist, and copywriter. And she's helped dozens of real estate professionals create a marketing strategy that doesn't make them dependent on paid ads. And her methodology engages prospects and takes them through the customer journey to convert them from a lead to a sale. So Royce, thank you so much for being here on the show today. Welcome. And how are you doing? I'm doing well, Eileen. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Royce, can you give us a little bit more of a background to who you are and kind of how you got started within real estate and what your focus is on? Absolutely. Well, in 2001, we decided, my ex-husband and I decided that we'd invest in real estate and buy some freedom. And we started doing some buy and holds of primarily single family residences. And that went very well for quite some time. We bought a wholesale price and cashed out at retail and had long-term tenants and even did some lease purchases. But then in 2008, when a lot of people lost their jobs, they stopped paying rent and we were not able to pay mortgages. So ended up learning a lesson there when we crashed and burned before we could get out fast enough. And then I re-entered the real estate market on my own back in 2016. And I took some of the lessons I learned from my previous experience and did not make the same mistakes. So not only have I invested in some buy and holds, but I have long-term rentals, short-term rentals, and I have some passive invest in syndications now. And so really my real estate experience has run the gamut since 2001 and I've learned to diversify and I really enjoy the passive investments I have now that are not time consuming and so intensive in terms of the workload with getting the right tenant in there and having vacancies and having destruction in your property. And so I really enjoyed the transition to more doors and passive investment. In 2008 and 2016, when you got back into real estate, what was that one big shift that you had made, you know, has allowed you to enjoy more of the passive income than what you were doing in 2008? The big shift has been starting my business in 2014. I started my marketing business, Your Startup Coach, and started earning income as a digital nomad, so I could travel anywhere and have that sense of freedom and relatively low overhead without a storefront. And because my real estate background, I started attracting a lot of real estate professionals as clients. And to date, I have a global business and work with investors in the UK real estate agents here in the United States to write blogs and MLS listings and things. And I also have some clients who are commercial real estate brokers and 
syndicates that I write marketing materials and produce a lot of their content for. So that is what really gave me the power to get back into real estate was through earning and building a business that was not dependent on real estate investments, but on my skill set ultimately, right? Because I'm not skilled in real estate. I'm not a real estate professional, despite the fact that I've owned 35 doors. Really, my expertise is in marketing, but because I have, or have owned rather, not have earned, have owned 35 plus doors, I've been able to speak the language and write a lot of content that real estate professionals need, everything from first-time home buyers to DSTs and 31 exchanges and more advanced topics. When people come to you to help with the content creation and curating the content within their websites to target a more specific audience, what is the first thing that you typically notice across the different people that you've worked with that you see has the most need for improvements? There are a couple of things that I notice that are quite common. Number one is they make the website all about them, right? I'm great and I have all these designations behind my name and I do 40 million a year in property sales or whatever it may be, right? It's really I, I, I all the way down the page. And really what the home buyer or investor or client, whoever they're targeting wants to see is how can you help me? And yes, our experience is important, but you want to spin it so it's about the client and not your resume. That's the first mistake I see. Eileen, the second mistake I see is not being able to provide topical relevance on their website pages. And what I mean by that is real estate brokers especially tend to be like dentists, right? Well, everyone with teeth is my customer if I'm a dentist. Well, not true. If you're a pediatric dentist, that's different than someone doing dentures or braces, right? And so real estate professionals Usually when they first get their license, they say, well, I'll sell anyone a home that's looking and I can list any home. But really what the top performers do is niche down. They may be a relocation specialist that help people relocate from California to Florida or to come back from the military overseas or as an expat and return to the U.S. And that is a much different buyer than someone buying a luxury home at a million plus or the first time home buyer. And so that topical relevance has to be able to be apparent on their website because when someone is looking for a real estate professional, they have a plethora of choices, right? It's a very competitive space, whether they're like you, Eileen, that does syndications or whether they're a real estate broker. So ultimately, you want to be topically relevant on who your target audience is, and you'll rank for that. 
So take us through the journey as a new person who comes on to the website, takes a look at it. And then how does that turn into curating some content for them, educating them, and then converting them over to a lead or a potential client? Yeah, I'm going to look at it from the perspective of the real estate professional and the one responsible for producing the content. The first thing that I would say that's important is you are good at what you're good at, right? The real estate industry. Find a partner that can be a valuable asset to handle your marketing. Like I said, I'm a marketing professional. And despite the fact that I've owned 35 plus stores, I don't consider myself a real estate professional. So find a partner that understands real estate and can do your marketing for you. And that will allow you to go out and do what you do best and sell more real estate or find more investors to invest in that multifamily deal with you. So what I want them to think about when they're looking for the right marketing partner is to have a blog page. Again, what a first-time homebuyer needs versus what a passive investor like myself is looking for when I choose to invest in a certain syndicate is different. And a blog page means that you have one more indexed page to your website for every blog that you post. So you begin to come up as that expert when they see dozens of blogs on that topic. And that goes back to the topical relevance that I talked about, right? If the word syndicate or multifamily investor keeps coming up over and over again, you suddenly become an expert in that field and someone looking to make that choice to invest with you believes based on your content that you are an expert and not just playing with this and they are more likely to trust you. The other thing that a blog does is it makes sure that the website is active. Google and your major search engines like new, consistent, relevant content. So if you've not posted something on your website or your website has not had a change in over a year, it doesn't seem like it's active. And that's a mistake I see a lot of real estate agents make. Oh, I'm with Keller Williams, so they give me all the content I need. Well, that can be great and that can be very budget friendly, but it's not unique to your site if there's a thousand Keller Williams agents posting that same blog. So you actually rank lower in the search engine and have to look at other things to help your SEO. The other thing a blog does is helps people share your content, right? Because not only do we create content, but we curate content or we reuse experts' content, right? You're a podcaster. And if you have 10,000 listeners, people are sharing your podcast link. Whereas if you have 100 listeners, they're probably not sharing it, right? But that person with a hundred listeners in their podcast is sharing your link because you are the quote expert. So that curated content really can go a long way and pay dividends. The other tip 
that I would say I'd share with a real estate professional, no matter what your end consumer is or your target audience, is to make sure that your bio represents who you are and who you like to serve. And it displays your personality, right? Words on a page are sometimes hard to express personality. But if you're a playful person, have playful words. Talk about the adventures you have in your off time. If you're very serious and detail-oriented, let that attribute shine, right? Because you will have a customer that appreciates that personality. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So with that bio page, would that also be applicable to the blog writing style? There's multiple different ways that people have written blogs, more of like the article types of blogs or versus more from the first person types of blog. Is there one that bears well better than the other? You do want to see congruence throughout your website in terms of the voice, but that goes back to establishing your brand voice at the beginning of your business. So you don't want to launch a website without thinking about your brand voice, and you don't want to write your bio without thinking about your website. Hopefully, you're working with a marketing strategist or a branding expert that can help make everything congruent so people do feel like they are on the same website or same brand's domain when they scroll from page to page, from the blog to the bio to the homepage, etc. Yes. And what about the consistency of the posting? Is there a magic number that would work best? Like, is it weekly or bi-weekly, monthly? Is there a magic number or is just the consistency of it? There is a magic number. And I did a webinar on this about a year ago. So the number may have changed. I've not looked up the recent trends and data. But on a B to C business, the average number was 16 a month. Exponentially increases your website visitors and your search ranking. For a B to B business, it was 11 a month. Now, that being said, I can tell you that I don't have a single client on retainer that does either of those because it's usually not cost effective, right? They are operating within a marketing budget and a blog costs money. So typically what I try to recommend is no less than four. That gives us one per week and we can be consistent and post new content weekly. 
And for a lot of my clients, they've seen great results. They've gone from page three of Google to the first page within 60 days. Not all because of the blog. Of course, there are other SEO factors that play into that, as well as how competitive your field is. Got it. And so what's a potential client or investor comes visits your page They now see your bio, they know who you are, they've read your content, they understand they're educated, they see where you're coming from, you match what they're looking for. I guess the next step is for them to actually contact you, the owner of the website, for your services or for a touch point, a tag up. How do you convert them from a casual reader or casual visitor to your site to an actual active client or customer? That is another mistake I see. Most of my clients have signed up for my newsletter somewhere on their site, but that's the only call to action that they often have. And the last thing that we need is more mail in our inbox, right? Our email box gets so full every day. So I always suggest having two calls to action above the fold. The first one is schedule a time, contact us, call me now, whatever your preferred way of immediate contact is, right? For a realtor, it's often call me. I'm sitting out in front of this home with your name on the yard sign (laughs) and I want to see it. I want to call you now. For a syndication, it's often fill out the contact us and we'll contact you to schedule a time and answer your questions, right? So it's dependent, but there's always a direct call to action that is a more immediate answer to a client's needs. The second thing that they need to have is a transitional call to action. And this is where I see probably 85 to 90% of the clients I speak to fail. They have no transitional call to action on their website. Why do you need that? And why does it make a difference? Well, if you're looking for something to purchase, whether it be a house and you're looking at Realtors websites or you're a passive investor and studying and doing your due diligence on several syndications or choosing a new brand of natural makeup, you're going to choose, you're going to select a few sites that rank number one on Google, right? On that first page of Google. And you're not going to make a decision until you've visited several competitors. So it's very important to be that brand that offers something more on the site, giving that end user, that client, more information so that they can make a wise decision. And they'll really feel like they got more value from your website if you have an ebook quiz on what type of investor I am, how risky do I want to be, something, right? You want something where they get value from that. And so that transitional call to action is missing in 85% of the people I talk to. The second reason that makes a difference is oftentimes they're not ready to make a decision right now, especially with something as expensive as the purchase of a house or putting a hundred thousand or two hundred and fifty thousand into a syndicate deal, right? 
they may think on this for three to six months before they actually click the buy now button, so to speak. And by them downloading that transitional piece of information, you now have access to their email and you can create a sales funnel and have an email sequence that supports that, follows up with them, keeps you top of mind and keeps them thinking about making that decision. And ultimately, if it's three months down the road, they're going to go with the person that stayed top of mind. Earlier, we kind of touched a little bit about the email aspect of it and how every day we get so many emails coming and flooding in our inbox. How do we maintain or how do we curate the content so that it's relevant to your target audience and so that you're providing the most value in each email and it's not just another junk email? That's where it's best left to a marketing (laughs) expert. I've written hundreds of sales funnels, as they're called. And that email really needs to go back to something that they read in that transitional call to action piece. So if it's an ebook on why passive investing is the smart way to go versus fix and flips, because you're talking to a beginner that's never invested in a syndicate, for example, those email sequences need to go back to something that they read in that ebook. If you're talking to a sophisticated investor that's been with syndicates for 10 years and you're trying to convince them that multifamily is not the way to go, but commercial office space or trailer parks, right? Then your ebook could be 10 reasons why trailer parks are a better investment than multifamily deals, right? And those email sequences need to support that with other data, with maybe some testimonials of people who have invested and had a bigger return, whatever it is. So the email sequence always goes back to support that initial hello in the transitional call to action. As part of the whole marketing strategy aspect of things when you're running a business, what aspect of it do you think is the most important part? Like if there was one piece within your business that you should be focusing on in terms of marketing, what would that be for you? It's staying top of mind. Again, you are in such a competitive space in the real estate industry and you have to stay top of mind. It is an investment in your business to have nurture emails, to have a transitional call to action piece, to have a sales funnel. It's an investment, but that return on investment is great, right? It would be like buying a property with a ceiling falling down and old pipes that leaked. And you say, well, I'll put a tenant in here. Well, fixing it up, will give you a bigger return on your investment. It will give you more rent every month. These marketing tools do the same for your business. You cannot expect to run a business well if you're not willing to allocate a marketing budget. And I have to say that most of my clients are on somewhere between $500 and $2,000 a month for their marketing budget with me. So it doesn't take a lot of money, but it does take some. 
super informative voice. I so appreciate you coming on and sharing all that. And if there was any other tips or strategies that we hadn't kind of mentioned so far on this episode, is there anything else that you'd like to share in terms of the marketing aspect of it? Well, social media is also a platform that most people invest in. And most of your real estate professionals have a Facebook page and or LinkedIn page and your social media posts are important. And so if any of the listeners would like to reach out to me, I will be happy to email an evergreen social media post and calendar to them so that they say, well, I have no idea what to post every day. I can't even think about that. I have an evergreen calendar that can be something that they can start with. Well, fantastic. And where is the best place to contact you and to get one of those fabulous resources? Go to yourstartup.coach. Mention that you heard that offer here with Eileen, and I will be happy to email it to you. Fantastic. Thank you so much again for your time today, Royce. Thank you, Eileen. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, Check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sale and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.